Something big is happening all across Ireland. Sky Broadband's lightning-fast speeds are rolling out to a million homes, giving you the power to do more. Working from home, drop into meetings without dropping out. Hey, everyone. Hiya. Streaming movies put an end to lagging cliffhangers. Experience the power to do more with Sky Broadband's best ever Wi-Fi. Availability subject to location. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavanagh, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters find themselves in, like, why haven't you fired the guy who's harbouring drugs in your garage? Or is it really okay to lock people in a gym until they get back together? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, before I get started, I just want to share a top tip to really enhance your home and away viewing, and that is no spoilers. I promise you it is a total game changer. Try for one week and see. Just don't look at what's coming up next on Home and Away. Don't read the episode descriptions. Try for just one week and see. So kicking things off with the stupidest person in the bay, Tane. What are you doing? I was feeling kind of sorry for him at the beginning of the week. He's all down in the dumps, getting annoyed at Ari, not being able to trust him, the fact that he's treating him like a kid and you kind of are on his side. But like, what a stupid way to try and get your independence back by doing a drug deal. And on day one of your new job, where you're arguably too sound boss Ziggy, who has not only showered you with pizza and beers, She's also given you the keys. And I know he kind of thought he was going into a job where he thought he'd be an actual mechanic. And Ziggy should have told him that he was just only doing admin and grunt work. But his first day, he's so narky, so moody. Ari comes over to try build a bridge and he's having none of it. Outbursts everywhere. Ziggy's being so sound, trying to give him heart to hearts, but also yelling at him a lot. And then this is how you assert your independence and control in your life by organising this drug deal and storing the van there and then inevitably just getting stuck with the van. It was just so stupid. I just think it was such a recipe for disaster as well because you have the most gullible person in the bay, Ziggy, being his boss, saying like, oh, I've good feeling about him, the garage is in safe hands. Just once again, we have Ziggy as this like Labrador kind of bouncing all around the bay being like, this is amazing, this is so great. She just, she really doesn't have any cop on. All these things seem to just happen to her. She's dumped Dean because he's a criminal who's involved in a murder. And now she's gotten wound up into the <laughs> into this disaster. So when the, va- when the, Pretend owner still hasn't picked up the van. They're trying to close up. And Ziggy's asked like 60 million times, where is the owner of this van? Tana's like, oh, I'll stay late. And then Ziggy's like, oh my God, I bet you she was hot. No sex in my garage, please. So anyway, she finally comes to her senses. Not that she should really have the awareness that on day one of someone's employment, not only did they sulk half of the day or shout the other half, 
I suppose your mind shouldn't really go to, oh, they, this all must be a lie and that car must have been full of stolen goods. So that's fair enough. But I just don't understand why she didn't fire him. They're now in cahoots in this kind of Bonnie and Clyde type of crime. And she's freaking out at him. She's giving out loads, but she's like, this needs to be gone by today. Oh no, this now needs to be gone by tomorrow. And of course they have to store the van in the farm. And then Tanny has to spend the night. Is that really necessary? No. And then it's like, oh, I've given you 24 hours. Now it has to be gone by today. And I just think Ziggy's too squeaky clean to be caught up in now two crimes. (laughs) It's just a lot. She's just too much of a goody two-shoes to be wrapped up in any of this mess. She kind of sees the heart in Tani, but also this is terrible and it's not really Ziggy's problem. But like by her not firing him, I just don't know who's the bigger villain. Maybe she hasn't fired him yet. We don't know. It's only been 36 hours of crime. But if he keeps his job, this will be ridiculous. So hopefully Tane's trip to the city will sort things out. Because what a bloody, what a stress. Tane, foolish man. What kind of independence do you need? You have a job. Yes, you're answerable to a girl who's probably much younger than you and you're only doing admin and grunt work, but still. And you've got an annoying older brother who's treating you like a 10-year-old, but still. She must have been felt so terrible then when Justin calls over and asks her to take on more responsibility and asks her how great Tane's doing. And oh, you must, I would be riddled with guilt. Oh, I feel so, I feel really sorry for her, but I'm also like, there are other ways out of this and you need to stop giving all these bad boys so many chances. Just a moment of disgust, please, for Mac and Ari. I just can't take how cheesy they are. Mac doesn't want to stay over in Ari's and since she's moved out just to keep a wide berth at Tane, but makes it this massive deal. But then after she hears this kind of true love comment from Ryder, she goes over to the house and is like, oh yeah, I shouldn't let anything get in the way and seduces him and stays over but then doesn't want to get out of bed for fear of seeing Tani and being all awkward. And then the next thing we know, they're like twirling on the beach talking about taking a sick day. And then she's talking about, oh, you need to go to work and shower me with gifts. I'm just, ugh, they make my skin crawl. And in okay, in fairness, we've seen Ari change. He's not as annoying or like hard-nosed... Is that a word? Like he used to be very uptight and wound up and wanted, he was always on Nick and Tani's case and now he's like, we've seen this big shift in him and he's much softer and Mac's definitely been a part of that but I can't cope with these, with all this flirty, cheesy banter. Ugh, just next. No more of that. No, I'm just, I'm not able. Anyway, on a lighter note, we've got the romance bubbling with Tori and Christian. <laughs> I still love how she's finding herself in all these awkward situations, like Christian calling over to the house and her being like, oh, like you could have given me warning with a big towel on her head and in her dress again. And he's like, I'm not here for you. Oh, it's just so good. She's verging on too much, but she's really wrapped up in this new romance that she's totally forgetting about her brother's massive decision between radiotherapy or surgery from his reoccurring tumour. 
So just sidebar, I can see why Lee and Justin have kept Tory out of this decision. I don't blame them. So them writing the pros and cons list, I think was a good idea. Another sidebar, him saying pro, I'm lucky to have you in my life was like a bit vom worthy. But anyway, we'll move on. So in true Justin form, of course, he's gone for the radiotherapy and doesn't include Tory in that decision. So it seems like that theme is reoccurring. It didn't mean anything they said last week. But anyway, back to awkward Tory. So they can finally go out on the date. She's freaking out, doesn't know what to wear. Sorry, looks gorgeous. Much preferred option number two, the red top over that black and white one and she spills water on him or tries to like why would you suggest oysters on date one everybody knows they're an aphrodisiac it's too cringy it has such a motive just the word oyster suggests sex so just why would you suggest that she's quizzing him on why he's single and doesn't have a girlfriend and just so nervous being really awkward about the menu and then at the end her feminist bill paying speech made no sense. But I'm <laughs> awkwardness aside. I'm I am glad that we got an insight into Christian and his ex wife and how, you know, he's a bit of a monogamist and they married young and then that the ex wife is not a threat because he's friends with the husband. I'm glad that's not gonna be an issue because that's just a bit predictable. So even though Tori thinks the date went great when she chats to Lee about it, she thinks then it went terribly and flashbacks of all the awkward moments come back to her. So <laughs> fair enough, I would feel very <laughs> awkward about that day too. Oh, but then we have. So anyway, when they finally clear the air, we have the comment, the saucy sex appointment booking. <laughs> Dr. Christian Grey wants you when he comes back. back. It's like Yumi Hotel Room. Oh my God. How, like they barely kissed. It's just so funny. It, it was so forward. And why, why wouldn't you just let that naturally happen? <laughs> I'm just all about it. <laughs> when Dory goes like, what do I do with this appointment for sex? Do I put it in my diary? It's like, I think so. <laughs> but I do think it's great because Tori needs to be in control. And he's kind of taking the, taking the wheel as such. And... It's keeping her on her toes, which is great. But Tori's bubble does get popped by Jasmine. So classic theme in Home and Away. But when someone's problems is all consuming, they don't really realise who they're ranting to. And in fairness to Jasmine, it is hard for her to see Grace with another dad. And if it's not Christian, it is going to be somebody else. But I really was on tender hooks because I did have a glimmer, especially with comments from Justin. It did kind of seem like bad Jasmine was back and you know would she do something weird but no it's great that she was able to be open and upfront with Tori who was oversharing and not really realizing her audience and as Leah says she just needed to hear from Tori that Christian isn't going to replace Robbo now because Grace is so young I don't know how long this is going to last. Grace was only a few months old when Robbo died so any kind of fatherly figure in her life she's going to think is her dad and like save Christian and Tori get married or whatever. Christian will be her dad, like adopted dad. So he'll be the fatherly influence in her life. So it's going to be quite hard. It'll be a difficult one to navigate. But I think if Jasmine is still in the bay, that will not be a problem.
And now, on to the masterclass in eyeballing from Angelo Rosetta. So his intimidation is very, very creepy. It's, he seems to be like everywhere Bella goes. He's outside their apartment. He's sa- staring at Colby through the the little window that separates them in work. And pff, he's copping on. He's very, there's nothing worse than a suspicious Angelo. So after Taylor's blunder last week, where she kind of let on, she knew more than she should about the investigation. And then we had Bella, who was now free from Nick, so free to do the following. Pressure Taylor to break up with Colby. And then Bella gets on to Colby with her no winner speech saying that like this isn't a happily ever after either she loses her marriage or you go to prison or both so this all kind of gets mixed together with a peppering of Jasmine telling Colby that he's good in instincts and he knows the difference between right and wrong (laughs) sorry I can't say that (laughs) sorry I can't say that seriously but anyway Colby actually does I'm very surprised he makes the informed and realistic decision to break up with with Tyla and let's not underestimate Angelo here he's going to work it out slash he already is guys he already is and especially during that awkward bit in the cop shop when Taylor shows up with his gym bag and then it's really awkward with Colby so I think even though they've cut it off now it might be too late because the rumblings of Angelo's suspicions are getting stronger and and Kobe's kind of sniffing around with other cops to see what's going on. And while Bella is pouring all her energy into ending this couple, she pushes Nick away so badly. And then when she finds out that Taylor and Kobe are broken up, all smiles. Oh, yeah, yeah, everything's great. I want to get back together. And then is surprised that Nick doesn't want to talk to her. Why are you upset? Why? You don't take she doesn't take any responsibility of maybe I should slam the door in his face more times than I actually care to remember. Or maybe he's only trying to be a nice friend to me and all I do is fob him off. And then now that I want to talk, he he doesn't want to talk? That is crazy. They're so lucky that they have Ryder and Jasmine who are willing to imprison them in the gym to make them get back together. So lucky. Because there's no way that they could survive this relationship on their own. They have broken up more times than I've had hot dinners. I just can't. They're supposed to be so solid and so in love. But no, they cannot stop breaking up. And now with this call, Nick has to go back to New Zealand. Well, like, I don't know what position that puts Bella in because she can't really leave, can she? So she might just be realising what she keeps throwing away. Anyway, back to eyeballing. So... (laughs) As Angela's just getting more and more suspicious and he's more and more like a dog with a bone. And he's breaking into Taylor's phone, checking her call history. There's none. Ding, ding, ding. Alarm bells. Like, just delete the phone calls. And when he fakes the stalking case with the phone company and then he finds out that it's Colby's number. Ooh, terrible. So that's him basically finding out now, I assume. But I did think it was funny, though, when, okay, so Angelo makes a phone call to the phone company being like, I need to investigate a stalking case. But then one scene later, Kobe's like, I swear I'm not stalking you. And then she's like, I wish you were stalking me. Like, meanwhile, you've no idea what's going on down at the police station. Ah! So I just really, I'm so intrigued to see now how 
Angelo will confront the pair of them. He's getting close to having them in the palm of his hand. And do you think this will now distract him from the murder case? That it'll just turn into an affair and less about the murder? The case could go unsolved. And then it just becomes about this little love story, perhaps? Is that too hopeful of me to keep Colby in the bay? The murderer in the bay? A big thank you for listening. That about wraps it up for me this week. Um, if you have time, I would love if you could subscribe, rate and review this podcast if you have a sec, but no pressure. If you want to get in touch, you can email summerbasepodcast at gmail.com and we can have some fan chats there. And don't forget about the no spoilers. Just try for one week and see. Just don't look at anything that's going to happen. It's a total game changer, but it's totally worth it. Good day, and I'll talk to you next week. Let SuperValue online shopping save you time and money. Order your weekly shop online, then collect at the store at a time that suits you. Or we'll deliver your shopping to your door. Shop online today at supervalue.ie.